I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Imagine witnessing Utah history made more than 80 years ago. We now present a newly discovered radio broadcast from 1932. This is the Voice of the West. Here's our host, Doug Wright, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Western America of the mountains and plateaus greets America from coast to coast through the mighty voice of the pioneer station of the Rocky Mountains. The new 50,000 watt KSL of Salt Lake City. We want to thank you for joining us here at KSL for a very special program. What you just heard, by the way, was the beginning of a very significant moment in broadcast history that we are so excited to share with you this hour. At KSL, we're very mindful of the legacy and the responsibility of this great signal that has been on the air since May 6th of 1922. We're very aware of significant dates and events in our history. For example, we were aware that in 1932, on an October evening, KSL joined the very exclusive ranks of 50,000-watt broadcasters in this country. And we were also aware that just a month or so before, we had switched networks from the NBC radio network to the CBS radio network. But here's something we weren't aware of. A recording of that dedicatory broadcast actually survived. Tonight, radio history is made in the West. Tonight, the pioneer station of the Rocky Mountains climaxes more than a decade of radio achievement by taking its place among America's radio stations of greatest power. Tonight, another glorious chapter is added to a colorful story. From a box on a roof in the early struggling days of the 1920 decade to a teeming, throbbing colossus of modern communication, grounded to the shore waters of the Great Salt Lake and shadowed by sky-piercing towers, monuments to modern enlightenment. From a fantastic novelty, viewed curiously by some, doubtfully by most, to one of the greatest community-building factors between the Mississippi and the Pacific Coast, that is the record of KSL oldest and largest commercial broadcasting station in Intermountain America and an affiliate of the Columbia Network. To the kind collector who brought this to our attention and shared his treasure, we are indebted. As we initially listened to this recording, the importance of this event was obvious for Utah and the Intermountain West, but just how did it fit into broadcast history generally? We invited Steve Darnall, who is the director of the Museum of Broadcast Communications in Chicago, to join us to put this in perspective. And Steve, thank you for joining us. And how significant is this recording and the event that it documents? 
existence of the recording, of course, is significant just because um, recordings in those day, from those days are, are fairly scarce, and stations didn't always have an eye on preservation at, at that time. So in that regard, it's, it's really phenomenal that this recording has turned up. Uh, in terms of the, the program itself, I think it's a real indication of how important radio was considered to be in 1932. As you point out, at this point, radio, the medium, was still in its comparative infancy, and it had just a few years earlier graduated past the point of being a curiosity or a fad, uh, primarily with the establishment of radio networks, when it, when it clearly became p- possible to reach people from across the country uh, with, with, with one voice or one program. And, uh, of course, at a time when there was a lot of confusion over frequencies and who had been assigned those frequencies, um, the fact that, that KSL was, was up to 50,000 watts was, of course, extremely important because uh, in, in an era before global communications, before interstate highways, before television, um, you know, this was the first chance a lot of people in rural communities were going to get to hear radio. Steve, one thing that I really noticed in listening to this, especially for the first time, was the unique style, the unique delivery of everyone, the performers, the announcer, and even the speakers, like Senator Reed Smoot. It is really interesting. That's one of the things that's, that's wonderful about hearing these uh, broadcasts from 1932, particularly those of um, a news bent as this is, compared to, say, an entertainer like Ed Wynn or Eddie Cantor or Jack Benny. I think when you listen to recordings of politicians speaking in the early 1930s, or even religious leaders in the early 1930s on radio, you can you get the impression they are still, some of them, coming to grips with the technology. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about this a lot when we, when we talk about uh, radio comedians, that a lot of the early comedians on radio performed like they were in a vaudeville house, where you're playing to an audience of three or 400 people. But somebody, in this case, I think it was Jack Benny, who discovered, you know, nobody listens to the radio in groups of 400 people. Yeah. And yeah. so you have to change the way you speak on radio, because you're reaching one or two people at a time. It is fascinating to hear the politicians, um, President Roosevelt's probably the best example, but there are certainly others who could adapt to that change very quickly. And then, of course, sometimes it's hysterical to hear the ones who could not, for whatever reason. This broadcast was packed with notables from the state of Utah, wonderful entertainment, letters that were written from significant individuals celebrating this event. But since we specifically mentioned Senator Reed Smoot... We are honored with the presence of the Honorable Reed Smoot, senior senator from Utah, Senator Smoot. My fellow citizens... I congratulate Utah and the Rocky Mountain states upon the installation of this powerful radio station. Our common heritage and birth, our unity of purpose, which made possible the conquest of this vast territory, have been preserved and perpetuated by our systems of transportation and communication. The increased power of KSL will to a great extent be the means of enlightening the people of the world concerning the high ideals 
for which Utah stands, what wonders hath God wrought? In this time period, Senator Reed Smoot was one of the most prominent and one of the most powerful senators in the United States. When we come back and continue this special broadcast, I want to highlight some of the communications that came into KSL for this celebration, some of the notable individuals that spoke during this broadcast, and we'll also be sharing some of the great entertainment that was enjoyed by our grandparents and great-grandparents back on that October evening of 1932. The Voice of the West, a special broadcast of a newly discovered radio archive from 1932 on KSL News Radio. I'm Doug Wright, and when folks opened their Saturday papers on October 22nd, they couldn't miss the advertisements announcing, Today, KSL dedicates its new 50,000-watt station to the service of Western America with continuous 24-hour programming beginning at 9 p.m. And, of course, the kickoff hour carried nationwide by the CBS Radio Network is the program that we're sharing with you right now. The notable individuals participating and sending congratulatory messages underscores how momentous this event truly was. We've already heard the comments from Senator Reed Smoot, and next our announcer, Dave Elton, introduces an official of Salt Lake City, to be followed by a letter read from William S. Paley, the man who built the Columbia Broadcasting System, from a small radio network to one of the foremost radio and television network operations in the entire United States. The Honorable John M. Knight, Salt Lake City Commissioner, Tonight represents Mayor Marcus of Salt Lake City in his absence. Commissioner Knight. It is a pleasure for me to represent the Salt Lake City Commission in dedicating the new 50,000-watt plant of KSL. I realize in part what this great station will mean to Salt Lake City. Every half hour, I understand, the Federal Radio Commission requires the station to identify itself. At least ten times daily, therefore, the name of our fair city is hurled into the ether to find its way to the very ends of the continent. This, in addition to the fine programs released from this powerful plant, makes thousands of friends for Salt Lake City. Almost every day, scores of these radio friends are visiting us in person. May I say for the mayor, and the Commission that they are indeed welcome. I hope the Columbia Broadcasting System will accept the thanks of the city for its gracious cooperation tonight and on numerous other occasions. I certainly congratulate the Columbia System on its Salt Lake City outlet, KSL. Our municipality is proud to take part in this 24-hour dedicatory celebration. We have received the following telegram from William S. Paley, President of the Columbia Broadcasting System. I quote, On the occasion of the dedication of KSL's new 50,000-watt transmitter, it is a privilege and a pleasure for me to congratulate the management and staff of this giant among America's broadcasters. KSL's accomplishments are a matter of American radio history, and its increased power and facilities can only prove of great benefit to countless listeners who will receive from it the best in radio entertainment and the highest type 
of cultural advantages. Since KSL became a member of the Columbia's international network, its listeners have had constantly available Columbia's varied program features, and in return, KSL furnishes to the nation-wide audience an outstanding weekly program, the broadcast of the great tabernacle choir and organ. It is our hope in the future to broadcast additional programs which, through the medium of KSL, will bring to the nation the voice of the great West. To KSL and its vast audience, I extend Columbia's greeting and best wishes. Unquote. Signed, William S. Paley, President of the Columbia Broadcasting System. The governor of the great state of Utah that evening, George Dern, who, by the way, in 1933 was tapped as Secretary of War by the newly elected President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, apparently Governor Dern had some problems that night. His Excellency, George H. Dern, Governor of the State of Utah, has been unavoidably detained. He sends this word of greeting. I quote, Utah is especially fortunate in the quality of its radio. Through the courtesy of the management of station KSL and the Columbia Broadcasting System, I am privileged tonight to extend the greetings of the State of Utah to the world. I cordially invite you, my radio listeners, to visit our state and see its outstanding natural resources and magnificent scenic attractions. Unfortunately, we never do find out what kept Governor Dern from participating in that historic broadcast. We have so much more to come on this special program here at KSL today. We invite you to stay tuned. In our next segment, we're going to share a sizable portion of this broadcast and listen to it, just as our grandparents and great-grandparents would have back in 1932. So stay with us here at KSL. The Voice of the West, a special broadcast of a newly discovered radio archive from 1932 on KSL News Radio. We hope you're enjoying reliving some of these highlighted moments of broadcast history today here at KSL with this historic broadcast. But during this segment of our program, we wanted you to actually hear the broadcast the way the audience of 1932 did as they fine-tuned their Philcos or their Atwater Kent radio dials. And as you listen, note the pride of Mr. Brown of the Chamber of Commerce as he praises fellow Chamber member Earl J. Glade, who was the managing director of KSL, went on to be the mayor of Salt Lake City. You'll hear the King Sisters and a musical number from Richard P. Condy, who went on to be the conductor of the Tabernacle Choir in 1957. He's joined by the Cathedral Quintet, followed by Sylvester Q. Cannon, presiding bishop of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and president of the Radio Service Corporation of Utah and chairman of the board of KSL. This is KSL's 50,000-watt dedication, originating in the KSL Hotel Utah Studios in Salt Lake City, with more than 150 artists and nearly a 1,000 guests. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Here's more goodwill for KSL, and we're happy to pass it on to you. Meet Mr. A.S. Brown, President of the Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce. Mr. Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the directors and membership of the Chamber of Commerce of Salt Lake City, I desire to thank the management of KSL for this opportunity of expressing 
our appreciation for the 50,000-watt station which is being dedicated tonight. Our Board of Governors recently made an inspection of the magnificent new transmitter, its fine housing structure, and the unequal site on the shores of the Great Salt Lake. We congratulate the station on this splendid achievement. We are also profoundly grateful to the Federal Radio Commission that KSL was accorded permission to build this high-power station. Literally hundreds of thousands of Western Americans to whom radio has become so large a part of their lives will enjoy more than ever the vast improvements in transmission and reception made possible by this new station. The officials of the Columbia Broadcasting System are most certainly to be congratulated on this powerful Mountain State outlet for their splendid programs. Tonight, we are particularly proud to claim as our own Earl J. Glade, Managing Director of KSL, who, since he first assumed his managerial duties, has always striven to further the interests and welfare of this marvelous region and its people, and who tonight is seeing the culmination of his fondest dream, a dream primarily conceived in the interest of the public who have been and who are now being so satisfactorily served by KSL. Truly a dreamer who has made his dreams come true. The Chamber of Commerce of Salt Lake City wishes KSL good luck and Godspeed for a glorious future. Thank you, Mr. Brown. Forget the blues, just ride and Ba 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 
were responsible for that cheering bit of harmony. Now, Richard Condy and the Cathedral Quintet in that lovely number, Where'er You Walk. of the Radio Service Corporation of Utah is here. Sylvester Q. Cannon, Chairman of the Board of KSL, Bishop Cannon. To all the listeners on this program, I desire to say that we are happy in the completion of this outstanding installation of the 50,000-watt radio transmitter on the shores of Great Salt Lake. In spite of the prevailing adverse conditions, this construction work, consisting of the very latest and best Western electric equipment, housed in a very commodious fireproof building, sir, adequately served by duplicate telephone and power lines, and reached by the new federal aid road known as the KSL Highway, has been carried through to completion during the past six months. Station KSL is located 
in the heart of the Intermountain Territory, in the almost exact center of the eleven Rocky Mountain and Pacific Coast states. Its mission is to serve most effectively the interests of the largest possible number of listeners, both day and night, throughout this section. We welcome any suggestions, commendation, or criticisms of programs, for it is our desire constantly to present a variety of representative programs of most general interest. This station is one of the pioneer broadcasters of the country. It has grown steadily and consistently from 500 watts to its present power of 50,000 watts. It has promptly complied with every order and regulation of the Federal Radio Commission. It has constantly sought, modestly, to best serve public interest, convenience, and necessity. To this end also, we have, after extended consideration for several months past, affiliated with the Columbia Broadcasting System in order to bring the fine programs produced over that network to millions of listeners in this territory who, for lack of sufficiently powerful stations, have heretofore been unable to enjoy these splendid broadcasts. In behalf of our Board of Directors, representative of all interests of this community and of the community itself, I thank you for your interest in this station and bespeak for you the continued fine service rendered by KSL during the 11 years of its existence. Still to come on our special broadcast, some final thoughts from Steve Darnall, who is the director of the Museum of Broadcast Communications in Chicago. And, of course, no KSL broadcast would be complete without the great organ at the Tabernacle on Temple Square. The Voice of the West, a special broadcast of a newly discovered radio archive from 1932 on KSL News Radio. It has been a delight to bring these very special moments and memories in KSL's history and also the broadcast history of the nation back to 2016. Let's get a final thought from Steve Darnall, who is the director of the Museum of Broadcast Communications in Chicago, Illinois. Listening to the dedication of the KSL transmitter, you get a real feel for the times. You get a feel for how very important this was to the community, how very important it was to KSL. And as you, as you hear more and more shows like that, you get a real feel for what it was like to be alive then. I've always said history textbooks tell us a lot about who fought what war and who was elected when, but they don't tell us quite as much about how people got their news, uh, how people bought their soap, how people made something popular. And, and radio was huge and instrumental in those things during, during its golden age. So for me, part of it is it's historically important, it's culturally relevant, um, but just beyond that, it's people trying to reach out to other people uh, through, through words and through sounds. And that's as direct a form of communication, I think, as, as one can possibly have in mass media. With a big thanks to all of you who are listening and a special thanks to the collector who shared this recording with us, let's end this broadcast the same way they ended their broadcast back in 1932. And that had to include the mighty tabernacle organ on historic Temple Square, this time with Theodore Strong at the console.
Western America, of the mountains and plateaus, is saying good night to America from coast to coast. The pioneer station of the Rocky Mountains is proud of its mighty record of achievement since the earliest days of commercial broadcasting, is proud of its affiliation with the great Columbia network. KSL of Salt Lake City dedicates its 50,000 watts of power to the service of Western America. Your announcer, Dave Elton. <laughs>